Shadows can also be different parts of ourselves that we didn't want to let the world see that maybe are a part of who we are, you know, our quirks, things about us, pretending to be someone that we're not because it made other people feel comfortable, you know, and actually pushing down a big part of who, who we are. Um, so there's this, yeah, it's really beautiful integration of welcoming in the parts of ourselves that we had pushed down. And that is such, such an act of self-love. Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Wing and Unhappy. I'm Victoria Evans, an intuitive eating and body image coach, and I am joined today by Savvy Kerr, a self-love coach who guides women to love themselves, feel worthy, and manifest a lit up life. So welcome to the podcast, Savvy. Ah, thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah, super excited about this conversation. I'm so excited to have you here. So I actually met you, it'll be like a year ago, I think in October, we were at, we were both speakers at a festival in Ubud, which is an area in Bali. And I went to your workshop and I was like, oh, this girl is so cool. I love her energy. And I was like, I want to be around her. And here we are like almost a year later and you're on my podcast. So this is awesome. It's like, so yeah, I love that. I love that. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And so I'd love to know right off the bat, I think everyone has a different idea of what self-love is. And I think there's a lot of you know, it's people kind of look at it in different ways. It doesn't always serve them. What is what you define as self-love? Like, how do you look at it? Yeah. And there are so many different definitions and for everyone, it's something a little different, but for me, the most important thing is this, this concept of radical self-love, which really is acceptance for you as you're at right now. You know, the acknowledgement that yes, there is always growth. Yes, there is always improvement and transformation and change, and that can be wonderful, but that's not coming from a place of lack or unworthiness or not good enough. You know, you being good enough and feeling worthy is your birthright. Um, So yeah, for me, self-love is this space of radical acceptance for you as you are right now. Yeah, I love that. And I know for myself, like I have struggled so much with loving myself. And I thought that loving myself meant that I didn't want to ever improve or, you know, continue to progress and change. And so, you know, even in the work I do now as an intuitive eating and body image coach, I came into this work because I felt like it was an area that I needed to grow in. It's an area I needed to work on, obviously. Like we sometimes end up in the field that we struggle in. Um, and so for you, was that kind of how you became a self-love coach? Was that your journey? It's interesting. I've been asked this recently and I don't have, I didn't come from massive self-loathing before, mm-hmm. like deep self-love. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't actually like a rags to riches story in terms of self-love. Um, I think it was something that just got stronger. So I've always been, um, I've always been quite, aware of who I am and of what I wanted and I see that as self-love too you know like uh, being able to 
be confident in what you want and in how you want to live. Those are all parts of self-love because they're saying like, hey, what I want and the life that I want is important. So kind of, yeah, from, from a young age, I've been, I've always been quite aware of what I wanted to do. And even if it was, you know, different to what other people wanted to do, I was always quite confident in that. And that's led me to do like a multitude of different careers and different work um, that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Um, but as I began my spiritual journey, um, I realized there was more and there's been spaces that I may have been self-abandoning and not not really tuning in to all parts of me you know all parts of who I am so for me this self-love journey wasn't one from going from total self-loathing to deep self-love but it was actually from like yeah kind of self-love to now I get to embrace every single part of me including my shadows including the parts that I had maybe suppressed because I didn't feel safe. So it's really been this like beautiful awakening of who I was all this time, but maybe I just didn't have the confidence to step into all parts of me. Mm, yeah, I love that. I always say like confidence is, is feeling safe to be yourself. Um, mm. and so you mentioned shadow work and kind of like bringing out different sides of you that you maybe didn't feel safe to you know, let out before. Could you explain a little bit what shadow work is? Because I know when I was new to spirituality and self-development, there's always that word like thrown around like, oh, the shadow work, you should do shadow work. I'm just like, I had no idea what that meant. I'm literally picturing yeah. like a shadow and I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good question. It's such a good question. Um, shadow work is, is looking at and exploring and then kind of lovingly integrating um, our shadow side and our shadow side are the the parts of ourselves that we might have pushed away because we didn't think they were what society deems to be right what we deem to be you know okay um i mean if you think about for example all of the emotions that are labeled as negative you know the anger the jealousy the um, sadness, the grief, all of those are like harsh. So this is just kind of speaking in, in, in terms of emotions, but those are often can be our, seen as our shadow emotions. Um, and rather than just like pushing them down, suppressing them and pushing them to one side and pretending to feel great when you don't, like actually creating some space for those parts of you to express themselves for a little while to see why they're there to see what messages they're trying to tell you um and when we do that when we don't suppress and we actually give space for those things to be felt like that's how we heal you know i always say like feeling is healing when you feel you get to heal and you get to transform and move to the other side um so that's kind of an example in in the form of emotions um shadows can also be different parts of ourselves that we didn't want to let the world see that maybe are a part of who we are you know our quirks things about us pretending to be someone that we're not because it made other people feel comfortable you know and actually pushing down a big part of who, who we are um so there's this yeah it's really beautiful integration 
of welcoming in the parts of ourselves that we had pushed down and that is such such an act of self-love mm. yeah i was very uh listening and well, was listening to the audiobook by glennon doyle um untamed i don't know if you've listened or read it yet but like so good and one of the quotes she has in it is it's better to feel it all than nothing at all and oh, so many women in my community who struggled with body and eating and everything, so much of controlling of food and controlling a body is a way to control emotions and how we feel and suppress. And it's almost like keeping everything numb and everything in this very kind of limited range. Um, but when we numb out from the bad, we also really numb out from the good. Yes. And so I love what you're saying and like kind of embracing that and giving ourselves that space and also leaning into the part of ourselves like those quirks and those sides that we are worried people are going to judge us. Um, you know, all that people pleasing and like worrying what people are going to think. And we just end up so disconnected from ourselves when we, I think, disconnect from that side of us, right? It's like we had to fully embrace all sides. And so how do we do that? Like, how do we start to embrace that shadow side? So it's like, we want to create that space. You want to allow it in, but like, what does it actually look like in terms of like maybe a tangible step? Um, yeah, in terms of a practice and these are for the, this is a, a practice that I like to do for myself and, and with clients, um, in terms of like emotions that are feeling challenging. For example, when you're feeling angry, when you're feeling sad, when you're, um, feeling frustrated, jealous about something like any emotion that's feeling uncomfortable. And the point of this, when dealing with challenging emotions, it's not that like, when we say welcome them in, it's not like welcome them in and then they're going to be there forever, right? It's like, yes, of course we want to feel joy and love and peace. And those feelings, like that is why we're here and those feelings are our birthright. Um, but creating some space for the more challenging or like the shadow emotions to be felt is important so that we can get to the joy more sustainably. Um, so a practice I like to do um, is... And you can take like just five minutes doing this or you could sit here for hours depending on how long you need. Um, so find somewhere quiet, close your eyes and acknowledge what's going on for you right now. And just ask like, what feelings are present in me at this current moment? And let yourself list them off. And rather than saying like, I'm angry or like, I am this thing, like acknowledge it without attaching yourself to it. So like right now there is anger present or what I'm feeling right now is sadness. So creating a little separation from the emotion and from like who you actually are. Um, so list them all out and then kind of a step two, just acknowledge if there's any tension in the body, acknowledge if you can feel like your body tensing up um, in association with those emotions, just sit and observe. So this is really like a, it's a meditation practice, observing where that emotion exists in the body, if it does. Um, and then sit there, <laughs> sit there and watch the emotion, watch the tension, cries might, uh, tears might come, like sit there. And I say like, might be a few minutes. It might be like an hour sit there and breathe and with each exhale let it just be this observation of what is inside of you without the need to push it away without the need to distract yourself without the need to numb out and do other things um and then you might find that the emotion softens it's, it dissipates kind of on its own 
um, or maybe like after you've done that practice, you might want to journal, you might want to shake, dance, scream, punch a pillow. Um, but that for me is a really beautiful practice of observing the more challenging things without pushing them away and giving them some space to be felt. So yeah, sorry, that was a really long answer. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's exactly what I want. I was like the step-by-step, -step, the explanation, that was like everything. So I want it to be really tangible for people listening mm -hmm. to like, okay, how do I actually implement this into my life? Because there is a huge struggle with feeling our emotions and sitting in it. And I think as a culture, as a society, we are so conditioned that if we feel bad, if we feel something quote unquote negative to immediately do something about it, like watch TV, watch Netflix, um, eat something, drink something. Like we are so afraid to feel and be human. And we think that something gone, has gone terribly wrong when we, we do feel those ways. And so just acknowledging like, it's okay to be human. It's okay to feel sad. When you feel sad, it means that then you actually appreciate being happy. And, you know, if you look at emotions as more kind of like data points about things that actually you know, things that we care about, right? Mm. Instead of these things that have, are not, you know, are broken or whatever. It's like, that's not the case at all. So yeah, I absolutely love that. And especially moving your body, like, wow, dancing. I have like different playlists for different like emotions and how I'm feeling. Like that was a game changer for me, like moving my body to the different emotion. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to like, let those things be felt and give them like give your emotions some space to be released and movement and dancing is an amazing way for that yeah, yeah. so good and so why do you think women have and this might be a tough question i'm just like open to interpretation about it because i think about it too why do you think we have such a hard time sitting with our emotions like why we maybe like is our culture just conditioned us that way or is it like why is that like why are we so avoidant yeah well first of all it's painful it doesn't necessarily feel good at the time mm. you know and we're yeah our society loves a good quick fix loves like taking magic pills to solve the problem straight away and that magic pill might be a bar of chocolate it might be a netflix show might be a glass of wine like whatever it is might be going like shopping um, all of these things quickly fix the problem for a moment, but it's still there. Um, yeah, so I think the, the reason why we struggle is because it's challenging to sit with that. And I think that needs to be acknowledged. Like this isn't an easy practice. It's not going to feel amazing straight away. But for me, like self-love isn't like, it's not easy, you know, these practices and this way of living isn't always easy but what you gain is so beautiful and the freedom that comes with being so in tune with who you are and how you feel and knowing that you're enough like that is so so worth it mm, yeah like I I can't even explain that enough like I never knew that you could actually feel so connected to yourself in your life because I was just so numb to everything because I didn't let myself feel anything. So I was afraid to feel the things. And it was, for me, it was really like the resistance to feeling the emotion that was actually like the most kind of painful part versus the emotion itself. Like I'd, I would almost wait to let myself feel it until it was like 
you know, DEFCON one kind of thing. Like I can't take it anymore. Um, I'm going to break down and cry instead of just letting the emotion kind of come up and come, you know, like pass like a wave and let myself feel it and then move through it. It was like, shove it down, shove it down, shove it down until I can't shove it down anymore. And then it comes flying out. And then it's like, see, this is why I don't feel emotions. And it's like, well, that's, you know, that's what happens because you've been suppressing it for so long versus kind of allowing yourself to feel it. Yeah. I love that you said that. It's like the, the resistance to it is actually what's going to cause us more pain <laughs> in the long run. Totally. Yeah. And so what do you find? So you're a self-love coach. I'd love to know, like, what does that look like in your work? What a woman come to you with? What are their issues? And how do you help them guide to really loving themselves? Yeah. Why I love it so much is because different kind of women come to me with different goals um but self-love and feeling worthy and feeling more confident in who they are and in their own skin and their voice is often at the root of different things this is why this work is so powerful for some women it might be um starting a business or growing a business or just continuing with a business but they know especially in the work that we do where we are our brands like so much of running a business like this um, is about like, how, how worthy do you feel of standing up and using your voice and putting your photos on Instagram and saying, this is great, you should come and work with me, you know? And so a lot of women actually in type of work that we do struggle on the self-worth front with having to promote themselves and having to ask for the money that they deserve for their services. Um, so yeah, I, I work with women um, on that to help them with their business. So all of the limiting beliefs and the blocks that come up when, you're, when you have your own business. Um, I work with women that want to um, have, you know, passionate, connected relationships and they know that their limiting beliefs and stories um, and how worthy they feel are affecting how they show up in relationships. And often as well, I, I work with women that are like, I, I don't know if I have one set goal or thing that I want. I just want to feel more connected and I want to feel like my life actually means something and I want to feel purposeful. And so much of that is self-love as well, because self-love is also knowing who we are and knowing what we want and knowing that it's okay if it's something different to what, you know, everyone around us wants. Um, so yeah, I love it because it's, it's super varied in terms of the things that women want to work on, but like the root of it is, is the same. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. Like it's the root of, it's root of everything really. Yeah. Like if you don't feel like you are worthy, if you don't love yourself, then everything just falls apart because you're just going to be trying to put a bandit over a bullet wound. Like you're just going to be trying yeah. to throw external things onto an internal issue. And it's just, it's like what I see in my work. It's like they do, you know, the meal plans and they try to get the, to fix the body and like all these external things. It's like at the core of it, it's this feeling of, I am not enough as I am. And I have to do yeah. all these different things. And it's like, you're never going to fix that by changing the external things. Right. And Hopefully. I had that moment for myself where I was like, the lowest weight, you know, my hair was falling out. I'd lost my period, like just a disaster, struggling with eating disorders. And I was like, shoot, like everything in my external world actually looked really good, but I'd never been so empty and unhappy. And I was like, 
guess worth actually does have to come from the inside. Like they say, mm-hmm. it's not just like a silly little pin on Pinterest. Like it actually yeah. looks true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. And I think the most beautiful thing is it's like, yeah, people want to do the dieting and want to get the body that they want, or they want to get the man that they want, or they want to get the money and the job that they want. And then they think they'll feel good enough or, and then they think they'll feel worthy. But that's like totally the wrong way around. It's like doing the inner work first, feeling really good as you are right now, loving yourself as you are. And then the crazy thing is you're feeling so lit up, you're feeling so passionate in who you are and those external things that you wanted, they come way more easily. Um, And that's, yeah, that's why this work is so powerful and so important. Hey, you guys, I wanted to quickly hop in here and give a quick shout out to my past client, Sarah. She said, I face problems with binge eating and negative self-talk and body image. Now I'm accepting of my body. I have a healthy approach towards food and I do not equate my worth to my appearance. I'm so much more than that. I've been exposed to healthier role models. I have more tools in my tool belt to explore stress, self-worth, eating, and mindfulness. Wow. I would a thousand percent refer this service to my friends and I already have. Thank you so much, Sarah, for that incredible feedback. And now back to the episode. And I love what you were saying about self-love is really knowing who you are. Because I think so many people, we've just conditioned a lot of hustle and a lot of just go, go, go. And I always use the analogy and like, I feel like all of us are climbing the ladder and they get to the top and realize we're on the wrong building. It's like a lot of us just, we're just go, go, go. Don't slow down as long as we're going in any direction. And then it's like, wait a second, do I even want to be going in this direction? Is this something that I want for myself? Is this my goal, my dream, or is this my parents' dream? Or society's dream for myself and so how do you women who come to you and I know women in my work there's almost a sense of mourning you know a part of themselves that thought you know once they reached a certain body or looked a certain way that they would their life would start um there's almost a sense of like losing a bit of who they are in that belief system and so women who come to you and they're like you know who I want to find out more who I am and my goals and they're a bit kind of feeling a bit lost what would you suggest for them to kind of start to step into who they are? Mm, Yeah. And that can be really challenging for people that have lived a life for other people for a long time, you know, that have just done what they're supposed to do, get that degree, do the work, get the husband, have the kids, whatever, you know, the supposed tos. Um, So it can be quite, challenging um so i always encourage people that are not sure just to get really curious and sometimes the big words of um so i talk about curiosity a lot and it's it's power and importance because sometimes the words purpose and passion i speak about those a lot but sometimes they can be quite intimidating for some people that don't even know where to start like i don't know who i am i don't know what i want to do (laughs) like if that's you and you just have no idea Like just put purpose on hold for a moment and instead get curious, get curious and just say like, is there anything I'm interested in? Even a tiny bit doesn't have to be massive. Just like, is there anything at all that I'm a little intrigued by? And rather than like turning your back on that thing, get curious, ask questions, explore it. Maybe you stay there for a day or two and you move on 
cool, go on to the next thing, do the same thing there. Maybe you realize like, actually this thing is, yeah, I'm, I love this. I'm good at this. I want to keep doing it. And by following your curiosity without getting like super, um, like without putting loads of pressure on you that it has to be your passion, curiosity can often turn into like, actually, this thing is feeling like it's my passion. This thing is now giving me purpose. So I always say, if you're unsure and you have no clue, release the pressure, let go of this thing having to be your one thing and just get curious, just explore, like almost like a child would, you know, like have that, invite in that childlike nature um, to the things that you're doing. And that can be a really beautiful way of, of living. Yeah. Oh, I love that. The getting curious and releasing so much of that pressure. I think, I mean, especially with social media, I think we look around and we see these people, with their taglines and their bios and people just come at it so intensely. And so like, it's, it's hard, you know, it's looking at this like beautifully curated world on social media, the highlight reel, and then feeling a bit of like, well, what should I be doing? What do I want? And um, yeah, giving yourself so much self-compassion and knowing like, we're all kind of just making it up as we go along and like doing like for me, like I'm leaning into things that I enjoy and bring me happiness, but like that changes. And like you said, not being super attached and not being so like, it has to be this and has to work out or, you know, like all that pressure. And I think letting ourselves have more fun. Um, like, oh my goodness. I don't know what age I decided that I wasn't allowed to have fun anymore. I think it was probably around like age 12 or 13. I just was like, oh, that's <laughs> like, that's it. Like we're, we're done here. And I kind of just decided like that was that. And man, my life just became so, so grumpy and angry all the time. And I just, it, it was horrible, but now I'm like, I can actually allow myself to have fun and I'm allowed to have, do things that I enjoy. And it's not just reserved for like being younger. And when you follow things that you enjoy that bring you happiness, it's you, like you said, you get closer to whatever your passion is. If that like, is that's the road you want to kind of follow. And, but the more that we, and I call it with the work I do kind of uh, pleasure deprivation, a lot of women deprive themselves of pleasure. They don't think they're worthy of pleasure. It's like, you're worthy of having fun. You're worthy of having like stepping into that pleasure. Where would that be with, you know, having a slice of cake or, whether that be getting the massage or going to the dance class or, you know, whatever that is, but following the fun and following what makes you feel good. Um, like that is powerful. Mm, yes, absolutely. Following the joy, noticing how you feel when you're doing things that you enjoy, because we don't want what we think we want. We don't want the, whatever it is, man, woman, money, house, body we want the feelings that those things bring us and it's like it's such a game changer when you know you can start to cultivate those feelings right now without even having the things mm -hmm. yeah what I love to do with women it's like when you're talking about goals what they want to achieve it's like oh, I want to achieve this it's like why and it's like they'll say something like why like ask keep asking why and it gets back to just like to feel a feeling like that's mm. the core of all our goals is to feel a feeling and feel a certain way. And that's accessible to us right now in this moment. Um, and so that's always such an interesting thought to me. It's like, I thought I couldn't be proud of myself or happy or feel connected and good until I reached this goal or until I had this milestone. 
Um, but then because I'd never really practiced allowing myself to feel good, I'd get to the milestone and I wasn't actually able to stop and kind of appreciate it because I'd never kind of gotten used to that. And so it was just kind of this rat race of A to B and then getting to B and then just finding a like C and just keep going, going, going um, versus, yeah, just allowing yourself to kind of slow down and feel good and lean into that and uh, enjoy the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so you had mentioned a little while back and actually the course or the workshop that we did together was on limiting beliefs. I would love for you to share a little bit because I know for myself before I started doing this kind of work that I do now, I was like, I don't know what a limiting belief is. It doesn't sound like a thing I want, but I don't know what it is and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so limiting beliefs are beliefs that we have about ourselves, others or the world that limit us in some way, right? They hold us back um, from living our full potential. They, they stop us from seeing our, our true power and how you know, amazing we really are. Um, and a belief, a belief starts as a thought that has been repeated over and over until we accept it as a truth. Um, and so beliefs are formed from past experiences, from experiences that we've had in childhood, in our teenage years, in adult years. Um, and when these experiences happen, um, you know, a thought is formed and more experiences happen, maybe similar experiences where we have similar thoughts. And, you know, those thoughts repeated over and over start to form um, our beliefs. And this is why they can be so challenging to release because we've thought these limiting beliefs for a while like they've been there for a while and not consciously either either you know until you start doing the work you might not have even realized that this limiting belief was kind of running the show for you all this time um so it can be quite powerful to even just acknowledge what your limiting beliefs are so yeah the, the when i do limiting beliefs work with with people like the first and, and kind of most important step is actually just acknowledging like what are these limiting beliefs that you have that are affecting you in your business and your relationships in whatever area of your life and that can be quite powerful too being like oh wow this has been there and it's been there for like 20 years <laughs> It's crazy how it like, it completely filters how you see the world. Mm. And then because you have this belief, your brain wants to basically prove itself right by having yeah. it. So then you end up with a confirmation bias because you're only looking for evidence to support it. Like you said, until you kind of sit down, you're like, wait a second, why do I believe this? Where did I pick this up? Is this actually true? Is this actually mine? And start to kind of look at that and also look for counter evidence at the times where it's not true. Mm. And then, yeah, really start to challenge and lean into it. It's like your whole world fundamentally changes because you're no longer seeking to prove yourself right from that actually yeah. belief. And yeah. it's like, whoa. <laughs> I know. I love I, that's And that's such an important part of the work, like realizing that you have subconsciously been looking for situations that will reinforce your previously existing beliefs you know, often the, like the ones that are limiting, you've been hunting out situations. Those situations might look like more partners that aren't right for you, that aren't going to treat you well, um, might look like, yeah, more like just showing up in work in the same way that hasn't been working for you. 
because those ways of being are going to reinforce those beliefs that you have and you'd rather be right <laughs> you know you rather prove yourself right than not so you'd rather be right than actually be free which is which is crazy it's such a strange concept because when i was thinking about it, i was like well, why would I keep doing this destructive thing? Like, it doesn't make any sense that I always go for this guy or I always do this thing. And like our brain loves familiarity. Like it's going to go with what it's comfortable with. It's going to go with what's familiar with every single time. Like it doesn't really care, you know, whether or not it ultimately serves you. It just wants to keep you safe and mm. doing the same pattern of your past, which has kept you alive, essentially. It's going to just keep repeating that. Uh, and so, yeah, being like, okay, I acknowledge I have this belief and it's no longer really serving me in the way I want it to. And then starting to challenge it and being like, what belief do I actually want to swap out for this? Like, what is something that actually would serve me in my life and make me feel better? And then once I start to kind of practice on that and give that more energy, then I create this new confirmation bias, this new kind of looking for more evidence to actually support that belief, which is again, you just shift your whole world around. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And it's, I always say it's like, um, when we're giving a compliment, like you get, you're given a hundred compliments and then one, like somewhat one person says something negative and you kind of discount all of the compliments and you zoom right in on that negative thing. So yeah, doing this work is so powerful because it's like, actually I'm going to seek out and acknowledge all of those other powerful things and I encourage um, my clients to keep like an inventory of evidence against the limiting belief um, so evidence really for the more empowering belief and often there are many situations which suggest the limiting belief isn't true all the time but they've just discounted it so it can be a really beautiful practice of writing those all down like in your journal or somewhere and then like reading it every morning especially when you're working through it as like a reminder like this is actually what is true <laughs> this is what's true the limiting belief is not a truth mm, yeah powerful when you write it down like you said like your brain is more or less designed to remember the negative as a survival technique like we're going to remember that the red berries are going to kill us not that the yellow berries are delicious kind of thing like <laughs> So when it comes to remembering like beliefs, it's like, yeah, unless you kind of force our brain to look at the positive and remember that it's like, it's always going to default. Remember the one bad thing than that one person who said the mean thing or the times it didn't go well, um, as our brains way to try to protect us versus like, it's not really serving us. And it's not really the times where often it's life or death, you know, for listening to this podcast, it's probably not in that moment, you know? Um, and so being able to collect more positive evidence to, yeah, create that reality for ourselves is so important. So I love that, like such a great actionable step. Mm, yeah. Can you give us, just sort of like thinking, some people might be like, okay, what's an example of a limiting belief? Could you just give like maybe what an example is so people kind of have an idea to kind of go off of? Yeah, um, a few, let's see. Um, limiting beliefs could look like if I um, like if I show who I really am people are going to judge me might look like um, I'm not worthy of love might look like if I ask for what I want I'll be rejected um, might look like I have to change and I always say like X, I have to change X before I can do Y and like fill in the blank for that one. I have to lose weight before I go on a date. I have to 
have more money before I can invest in this thing, you know, whatever, like that, that is a really powerful one for many people. Um, what else? It's too late for me to pursue my dreams. Um, but yeah, those are all like common ones, which I think lots of people can identify with. Yeah, so good. Like I was like, I feel like people need like a little bit more, like a little example. So that's perfect. And yeah, yeah and then being able to kind of swap it out, like, what do I want? Like, what is a belief that I would like to exchange that with? And I know in um, your workshop, it was like, sometimes it can be like a straight swap. Like sometimes it can just be literally just flipping it around to whatever you want it to be. And then again, you know, writing down the journal and taking notes of the times that it was true. And then ultimately, like our brain starts to focus on that. And create that new reality so I love that mm. yeah yeah totally and you know sometimes a straight swap sometimes we need to modify it a little to suit us better and that's fine too I always say like don't worry if you're not 100% behind it yet don't worry if you don't 100% believe it yet because it's like guess what you've believed this limiting belief for maybe your whole life so it's understandable if you don't believe this new empowering belief straight away. And it really is a practice of embodying it, a practice of practicing it, you know, a practice of doing actions um, that are going to like push you out of your comfort zone and into this new way of being that will be more empowering. So yeah, so don't worry if you're not like 100% behind it straight away. I love that because, yeah, I think a lot of people start to lean into this journey and they listen to a podcast or they'll read a book and they get really gung-ho about it and they'll do like the affirmations for like two days or a week maybe and they're like, well, I don't feel any different or nothing's really changed much. It's like, well, I've been thinking that for the past 30 years because that means it's going to take more than like five (laughs) days to change. So, yeah, knowing like it takes time. It's literally rewiring your brain. It takes effort. It takes intention. But like, oh my gosh, the benefits, like you said, you find out who you are, what you, you're passionate about. You can like your whole life opens up when it's coming from a place of, you know, empowerment and loving yourself. And a lot of that is shifting those beliefs that you are worthy of all those things. Mm. Yes, 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 absolutely. And yeah, they're like at the root of so many of those beliefs is the worthiness piece, is the am I really good enough as I am? Does something about me need to have to change? Um, so yeah, limiting beliefs work is such a big part of, of self-love work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so important. It's so powerful. And like, I think it's, yeah, I think if we can repeat a lot of affirmations, but until we start to do some of that deeper, like limiting belief work and ultimately like where is this coming from and challenging it, I think that's really for me anyways, I know for myself, like that was such a huge core, the first big step, I guess I would say into doing this kind of work is understanding where it all came from. Yeah, absolutely. The question I ask all my guests, uh, if you had to weigh in on one thing that makes you happy, since the theme of my podcast is weighing in on happy, what would that be? And it's totally subjective, but what makes you happy? Mm, oh, well, that's a hard question. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to pick one thing. Um, and for, for me, it's probably <sighs> dancing, connecting to my body, anything that makes me feel good without like needing anything external, you know, without, without needing physical things or without needing to go anywhere. Um, it's like the sim- most simplest of pleasures um, I think I would choose. Um, so yeah, being in my body, dancing um appreciating you know the moment that is right now 
yeah, when I can get into that space, then I, I definitely feel, you know, when I'm at my happiest. Mm. Mm, I love that. I could not agree more. My happiest moments is when I'm like at an ecstatic dance and I'm just like dancing my heart out, having like the time of my life. And I'm like, I don't need anything else, but just like this music and moving my body. And I just never mm. felt so alive. So yeah. Agree more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so where can people find you? Because definitely go and follow you and consume your content because you're just... Oh, <laughs> oh thank you so much. Yeah, my Instagram is just my name, sabby.ker. Um, website, sabbykerr.com. But yeah, find me on Instagram. I, I share a lot on there. I'm in my, on my stories every day. I, I love to chat in DMs as well. So I would love to... Yeah, I would love to know if you listen to this, what your takeaways were. Um, and yeah, information about how to work with me one-to-one -one and my programs, you can um, drop me, drop me a DM as well. Amazing. And I'll put that all below in the show notes. So you guys can easily go and follow and access all that. So thank you so much again for coming on today. There are so many actionable steps and things that people can really take away from this, which I love. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, then please, I invite you to rate and review. It means the world to me. And the more reviews and the more ratings I get, the easier it is for me to get incredible podcast guests. So help me help you help you help me to make this podcast even better by rating and reviewing on Apple. I would so appreciate you taking just a few seconds to do that. I would also love to have you join me on Instagram if you haven't already, and that is at Victoria Evans official. I'm always responding to everyone in the DM, so please shoot me a message. I would love to chat. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're listening to this episode, screenshot and then tag me on Instagram so that I know you're listening and we can have more of a conversation about it there on Instagram. Additionally, I have my free private Facebook support group, Intuitive Eating and Body Confidence Community. So if you're looking for some more support and resources, definitely join me over there. And as always, if you go ahead to the show notes below, you'll find all the links of everything I've mentioned throughout this episode, as well as a little freebie there for you just to say thank you. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.